Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. I'd like to share a couple thoughts about consecration today. Being set apart unto Jesus Christ is such an important attitude and such an important surrender of our heart so that we are kept in the power of God, so that we can exercise the power that he's given us. In this episode, when we think about what is your price, what I mean by that is there's a bounty on every single one of us. There is a target or a wanted sign, as we could think about the Wild West when they were searching for outlaws or criminals there was a wanted sign, a bounty, something that was uh, sharing with people that these men were wanted dead or alive. When we think about our lives, the devil has this bounty on us. He wants to uh, take away or disrupt our consecration. And uh, because Consecration is where our power is. Consecration is where our source is to receive uh, his life, Jesus's life, daily and moment by moment. You know, you think about uh, Judas. Judas had a price, and that was 20 pieces of silver in Matthew 26, 15. 20 pieces of silver to surrender Jesus Christ to the to the magistrate. And it's interesting, 20 pieces of silver is not a lot of money. It's about, Each coin is about worth $20 today. And 20 pieces of silver was about the price that a master would pay for his slave. So what a picture there that betrayed by a kiss and then given 20 pieces of silver. You know, when you look at Samson Again, you see the price that was on his head. What was it that drew him away? What was it that drew Judas away? What is it that would draw us away to surrender the most valuable things in our lives? Uh, some marvel people call it kryptonite, like what was Superman's kryptonite, something that would render him powerless, something that would render him a weakling, something that would take away his supernatural ability. Well, as believers, we know that flirting with sin or compromising with things that we know uh, are opposed to God can certainly render us uh, just a natural, carnal person with no power. But as we walk in the Spirit, as we are consecrated, as we are in Romans 12, verse 1, we are living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto the Lord. We are dead to self and alive to Christ. This is really the key to our power. You know, when you think about Samson, Samson uh, was consecrated. He had the Nazarite vow, and his mother did not uh, have any razor put to his head, and she committed him to the Lord. And really, his strength was demonstrated uh, by the length of his hair. And as Delilah was introduced in his life, and as his guard was down, as uh, he began to flirt with uh, sexual sin in his mind, in his imagination, 
what began to happen. He began to uh, share his greatest secret. He began to compromise his greatest vow. And we know that she certainly wore him down and seduced him. And they cut the seven locks of his hair. And then as the Philistines uh, tied him up, he could not get free. And he became their prisoner. What are those seven locks? Well, those seven locks of hair, and we all have seven locks of hair, we could say, as men and women of God. There is something very sacred that God has given you and I, and the devil's trying to steal it. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy in John eight forty four. But the seven locks that we could say about Samson could be representing of the power of the Holy Spirit in his life, which means he doesn't obviously lose the Spirit or we don't lose the Spirit, but he's quenched, he's grieved, and there's an obstruction. So the devil wants to cut our hair or cut the locks of our hair. Now, how does he do that? Well, I'd like you to think about a couple of razors. Well, number one, it could be sin. It certainly could be the worldliness and carnality, or even tolerance, where we compromise to get the approval of culture, and we're intimidated by man, and therefore we lose our intimacy with God. Well, Samson, number one, he lost the power of the Spirit. He lost his power for wisdom. That's the second lock of hair. Wisdom was lost. The third lock was understanding the Spirit. The the fourth lock was the counsel from the Spirit. The fifth lock was might, the Spirit of power that was upon him. The sixth lock could be knowledge, where he no longer had the knowledge from above. And then seventh, and probably the most significant, is the fear of the Lord. He lost the fear of the Lord. And so seduction took over, sight took over, fear took over, uh, his lusts took over. In First John chapter 2, the pride of life, life, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's, uh, these are the three wrecking balls that take over when our hair is cut, when we ask for 30 pieces of silver, uh, for something that is immeasurable, that's incredibly valuable. We trade a, bo- a bowl of porridge for our birthright. These are crazy uh, analogies to think about today. Like we could say today, and we're spiritually sober, we could say, that could never happen to me, or that wouldn't, I can't believe that ever happened. Well, what happened is the devil is very subtle and consistent. It's like a frog being put in hot water, and that water heats up little by little. And before the frog can discern what's going on, he is cooked. And I feel like this is happening a lot in our society today with just the advancing of opposition that's going on all around us. The world is trying to cut our hair The world is trying to give us 30 pieces of silver. They're trying to bring in a uh, a pseudo-replacement to something that is incredibly valuable. Samson 
by the grace of God as his eyes would, were gouged out and he was running or pushing the, the mill works and he was uh, there he was in great shame and humility, a laughing stock at that great feast. The Lord would provide a little boy to place the hands of Samson on the pillars and his hair began to grow here in Judges chapter 16. And what happened? God, in his great mercy, caused him to have his strength back. And he pushed those pillars down, and the, uh, the roof came down and killed more Philistines in his death than his whole life. But let me say this. The devil will always offer you a price tag. He'll always offer you a price. He'll always offer you a temporal provision just to give up the, the, uh, the, the eternal uh, reward. So to give up power, wisdom, understanding, the Holy Spirit's teaching, the counsel from the Spirit, the physical power to have all that we need in dunamis and in the ability to walk with God in our call, the knowledge of, of the holy, as the psalmist said, and also losing the fear of the Lord. How does this happen? Well, these seven locks, they may take years to, to, to clip. Uh, and in so much today, we see that so many are wanting uh, security and they're giving up their liberties for their securities. So we must be guarded. We must be understanding what the will of God is in these days. Because consecration, just like we see in Samson's life, he left that place of consecration. He left that place of surrender. And being set apart unto God, he left that place. And when we leave that place, the devil and the world have an advantage. You know, we see an interesting verse here. In Matthew 6.23, when darkness uh, starts to enter our life, when our eye becomes double or we no longer have a single heart, we're no longer united to fear his name in, in Psalm 86.11. When, when there's a division, a disruption, what happens? Darkness begins to take over. Uh, the world becomes more attractive. The approval becomes of the world becomes more important than our, our identity in Christ. It, it's really scary because this can happen to any of us. And uh, we see examples in the world today where uh, heroes are being smeared. There's a campaign to smear them, to assassinate character. And the devil loves to do that. He loves to, to incriminate and to discredit the testimony of Christ in the world. You know, the end of Samson's uh, story was, was good because in one sense uh, we see the mercy of God, but there was a lot of shame and pain that was added there that didn't have to happen. God is so faithful to, uh, to turn things around. No weapon formed against thee will prosper in Isaiah 57, 15. What does that mean? No matter what comes against you and I, it will not prosper as we're consecrated, as we're a living sacrifice, presenting our body before God as a, uh, as a gift, saying, Lord, I am yours. My eyes are yours. My hands are yours. My feet are yours. My thoughts are yours. This consecration is really where we have our power. 
There's purity in power. The Holy Spirit is free to move when there's a clean place and a pure heart in 2 Peter 4, verse 1. Well, we all have kryptonite. We all have something that uh, definitely can trip us up in a moment. And uh, we see that in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. We see that there's a thorn in the flesh. Paul had it because uh, it was used to keep him humble. It was used to keep him uh, needing God or seeing his need for God. And that's a very healthy place to know your limitation, uh, to see your need and for me to see my need for God. Because Samson got careless. Samson started flirting, thinking he could manage his sin. He thought that he was, um, he thought he had everything under control. And guess what? We can never manage sin. We must be dead to it and crucified unto Christ. Well, we see that the thorn of the flesh is not an excuse, but it's an it's a reality. In Paul's life, it was something uh, to be described as pride, or he had this uh, ability to be abased before God, knowing that he what he was was by the grace of God. And uh, we love that passage, I am what I am by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. The thorn of the flesh, it's good to know what your thorn is and to have a margin to keep yourself uh, far away from uh, tempting or tempting God for that matter. Like for instance, if someone has a drinking problem, they're not going to hang around a bar or they're not going to hang around people that don't have a conviction about drinking. Uh, maybe it's on the internet. Uh, with pornography or with uh, just having a, a, a foul imagination. We want to be around people that have a conviction about purity, that uh, live in the light, for men are lovers of darkness and they are of light in these last days. Well, Samson is a good, is a good example. Uh, think about Judas for an, another example. Think about Jesus had Judas around him for th close to three years. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. And in, in, uh, in a lot of ways, if we had that foreknowledge, we would have not had anything to do with a person that would hurt us or want to uh, betray us. But Jesus kept ministering to Judas. That just shows you the unfailing love that, and the, the love of God that has no bounds. That just gives us a lot of hope today, uh, even if one wanders off uh, he'll go after, he'll leave the 99 and go after that one. That's our God. That's our God. That's how valuable we are to him. Do not sacrifice the eternal on the altar of the temporal. Do not sacrifice the eternal on the, op, on the altar of the temporal. What's that mean? Let's make choices to draw near. Let's make choices to make room in our schedules to read, meditate, to be around the body of Christ. Let's not just sacrifice our time with mindless watching of movies and things that stimulate our, our lust patterns, but instead let's make time so that we are prepared for the day that we walk in, so that we're prepared for the temptation before it happens, so that when we're offered 20 pieces of silver, we say, no, my relationship with God is so much greater than, than uh, natural gain. Uh, we it's so good to think about, no, I'm not going to sacrifice the love of God for lust. 
no, I'm not going to sacrifice bitterness, uh, the forgiveness of God for bitterness to hold a grudge. I'm not going to sacrifice my peace for the pursuit of justice. It's so important to have this mindset and to understand the value of consecration. Lord, I am yours. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, we are the property of God. And this is so important for our kids as we teach them as they grow up in a digital world and uh, in, a, in an over-sexual world that we would show them the purity and beauty that he has made us and for his glory in Psalm chapter 139. You know, just as we close, uh, it's interesting to know, I, I heard this from a friend recently, and they said that, uh, they, they said, not all movement is progress. Not all movement is progress. And I like that because uh, when we think about movement, we like to be busy. We like to um, be very active and feel produ- productive. You know, that's just our Western mind. But not all activity is spirituality. And when we think about progress, we really are working smarter, not harder. What happened in Samson's life where he began to entertain Delilah more seriously? Uh, He began to, maybe he was very busy saying a lot of things, doing a lot of things, but in his heart there was no progression towards the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord would have brought in a a sensitivity to warn him, to say, hey, listen, this is, uh, you've gone past your margin and now you're in danger. There was no sensitivity. There was no fear of the Lord. There was no respect for the things of God and the lust pattern took over. This can happen. We can be very busy, but really progression to be conformed to the image of God it really is how God wants to progress us. We may not see a lot of fruit, you know, when someone prays or when someone makes a decision by faith. We may not see an immediate response or immediate action, but there's progress. It consecrates us. It conforms us to the image of God where we are expectant from him. We are waiting on him. We are seeing him do the impossible thing. This is, this is really amazing. Uh, A.W. Tozier says this, It will cost something to walk slow in the parade of the ages, while excited men of time rush about confusing motion with progress. But it will pay in the long run, and the true Christian is not much interested in anything short of that. It's interesting. Confusing motion with progress. You know, we think that motion and progress, uh, they, they, the cause and the effect, if I'm active or mo- there's motion, there will be progress. You know, certainly that can be true to some degree, but in the spiritual realm, when we wait on the Lord and we hear his still small voice in First Kings 19, that's progress. We are being drawn to him. We're being conformed to him. We're being consecrated, set apart. We are learning him. We travail in anguish over the things that he travails over. We have an inner anguish, and we're no longer smiling and joking about the absurdities of the world, but instead we travail in prayer. We uh, seriously go after God in Galatians 4.19 so that he would be formed in us 
Uh, that's the kind of thing that makes a powerful Christian. There are many Samsons in the world, many Judases in the world. There are many Demases in the world who forsake Paul because of the love of the world. There's a bounty on your head. There's a bounty on my head. And the devil has signs all over hell that, said, that says this, wanted dead or alive and preferably dead because he knows that the spirit of Christ in you and I, we are set apart for God. We're set apart unto his love. And you know what? We are a living sacrifice, dead to sin and alive to God in Romans chapter 5. And we're standing in his grace in verse 2. Well, to recognize our kryptonite, to recognize those uh, systemic things in us that draw us backwards, uh, those genetical curses, these things are good information to lay at the cross because what we do not give God will one day take us from God. What we do not give to God will one day take us from God. Good things like our career, our family, our most precious things. It's a beautiful thing. Our houses, our, our health, everything. We can surrender it to God and say in 2 Timothy 2.12, we can say, Lord, this is yours. You care for it. You care for my home. You care for my health. You care for my schedule. You care for all those precious things in my life, my family, so I don't make an idol out of these things so that I do not worship them over you or I don't put you second and them first. It's a big deal. Second Timothy 2.12, commit those things that are most precious, all things actually, into the hands of God and he will care for it much better than we could care for it. Uh, that's a way to be consecrated. That's a way to be consecrated. Slow down and let uh, let God bring you deeper. You know, it's so interesting in the world we live in, they, they say we want you to be a mile wide and an inch deep. We've said that before where we're moving in so many directions. We give ourselves half-heartedly to so many things that we give ourselves nothing. We give ourselves wholly to nothing. And we become very stretched beyond measure. And we're an inch deep. We're very superficial, very shallow. But God's called us to the subterranean life, the deeper life, where there's not a whole lot of motion in our flesh, but there's a whole lot of progress in the spirit. There's a whole lot of, of uh, consecration being demonstrated by our attitude, by our language, by our thinking, by our wisdom. In these days, it's so important to have the wisdom of God, to have the mind of Christ, to have in Ephesians 1, 16 through 18, the spirit of knowledge and revelation. There's no way that we can be a match for the opposition that's around us today. As evil gets greater and greater, we're not going to be able to fight them off in our natural ability. Anxiety and stress, these things will take us over. The darkness will take us over, but no weapon formed against you will prosper, Isaiah says. Why is that? Because we're consecrated. We're hidden in Christ in Psalm 27. He is our hiding place. He is our refuge. He's our high tower. So what's the point here? The point is there's someone trying to cut your hair. There's someone trying to cut my hair. And it's not the local barber. It's the devil. It's the world system. It's our flesh. 
And that razor could be sin, it could be carnality, or it could even be tolerance. And what do I mean by that? That slow compromise, that slow compliance, that slow, uh, that ability to say yes to the world and no to God, to make excuses why we can't follow God, to say, to, to be more intimidated by man rather than living in intimacy. Oh, don't let tolerance uh, creep in. Don't let it have that leaven in the lump. Don't let it take over because it, it's like bitter. It's like bitter waters. They they stain the pure waters. Uh, guard what is sacred. Guard that consecration. Guard your your mind. Guard your spirit. Guard your attitude. You know, I was with my son recently and just enjoying being with him and seeing his innocence and the world has not taught him how to be complicated yet. The world has not yet taught him how to be cynical yet. Uh, the world has not yet uh, taught him how to be negative yet. Of course, the sin nature is there, but as parents, we're guarding our kids and we're speaking life, speaking truth, speaking uh, hope, speaking a good future because we believe and are hidden in Christ. Uh, it's, so, it's so beautiful to have an innocent spirit. Uh, we see this so, so beautifully illustrated in children. And also we see this so beautifully in faith in Hebrews eleven six that we come to God believing that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, maybe today it's hard for us to believe God. Maybe we're caught in sin uh, maybe we're in a besetting sin, Hebrews 12.1. It just says, simply cast away those things that beset us. Run, in Philippians chapter 3, towards the, the mark of the high calling. Press in, in verse 13 through 14. It's so, it's so important, you know, start somewhere. Begin somewhere. Reach out to someone somewhere. Uh, make that simple st step today. Maybe you feel like you've had a couple of locks cut from your hair. It's not the end. Your hair will grow back as we're consecrated to God. And remember, uh, God is the God of redemption. So there's never, God never throws you away or throws me away. God is always, um, uh, he will not break the bruised reed or quench the smoking flax in Isaiah 42. Three, God will never give up. God will never say, oh, it's too far. You know, you can't, you can't come back. You, you're disqualified. No, no. It's like the prodigal. Love interrupted the prodigal son. He's saying how many times he's unworthy. And, and then what happens? The father of love says, my son is alive. He was dead, but now he's alive. Get the best robe, the, get him the ring, the, the sandals, the fatted calf. Let's have a celebration. He's back. This is what love does. Love grows the hair back. Mercy ministers restoration. Grace restores and gives a brand new future. Today, what is your price? Uh, well, we all can answer that question our own personal way. Surrender it to God. Know what it is that will take you out. And then surrender it to the feet of Jesus. Be wise. Be wise under pressure. Be wise in temptation. Be wise when presented another way that would lead you away from the path of life.
be wise, and God will be your defender. God will be your uh, rear guard. God, in Psalm 91, will overcome as we hide in his name. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.